Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Good morning. Uh, well, I hope we're having live stream issues this morning, and uh, which is... About par for the course, I reckon, but uh, we're still gonna still gonna go at it. Uh, welcome to Save the Cowboy. Uh, this is a sick pen for sinners, not a show ring for saints. Um, it is a beautiful morning out there, uh, just about as pretty as it can get, and uh, we're blessed to be able to be here and bring this to you. And uh, even if it doesn't work, we'll we'll record it and upload it later or figure out something. So anyway, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 33. Isaiah chapter 33. So uh, I I ended last week with telling a story about uh, me and my brother got home from work one day, and it was a typical Texas day. It was hot, windy, dusty, hot, Windy, as Brett said, miserable, uh, just a typical Texas summer day. And my brother took out the trash, and, you know, we didn't have trash service way out in the country, so we did what every good country people do, and we burned our trash. And my brother had taken the trash out, and he had burned it, and I went to the kitchen window where I could see, you know, I was getting a glass of water or something, I don't remember what I was doing, but anyway... He had put a bunch of trash in there, and he lit it, and he had just got back inside, and I looked out, and a big something had fallen down, and so anyway, I laughed, and I turned around, and I was like, what are you trying to burn the whole place down? He goes, what are you talking about? And I said, some trash fell out, and he goes, oh yeah? It it happens all the time, and we had like a big bare spot that we did it, but it wasn't that big of a bare spot. And so anyway, I was kind of laughing about it. And I got my glass of water or whatever I was doing, and I walked over there. And my brother, I mean, just 30 seconds later, walks out or walks to the kitchen where the window is. He looks out, and he's like, oh, my gosh. And he just takes off running. And I was like, well, it's not that much trash. And so anyway, he takes off running. And I go back to the window, and I look. And in about that 30 or 45-second time frame, that little trash that had fallen out, now about an acre is on fire. <laughs> and I was like, uh-oh, because remember, it's a typical Texas day. Hot, windy, dusty, hot. And uh, anyway, I mean, it is blowing everywhere. And I mean, like, there's no water out there. There's no nothing. I was like, uh-oh, this is going to be bad. So I reach over there, and, and I know that this is, is crazy for a lot of, of our younger viewers, but there's a, there's a thing called a telephone that used to be on the wall, and it used to be connected to a cord. And so I picked up this old-fashioned telephone, and I dialed 911. You know you live really far out in the country when you dial 911 and nobody answers. I didn't even know that was possible, but nobody answered. Finally, this little recording or something came on. It was like, 
all circuits are busy. <laughs> I was like, well, everybody's dialing 911, I guess. So uh, anyway, I hung up and I called, <laughs> I hung up, dialed 911 again, and a lady answered and I said, I've got a fire. She goes, where, you know, she verified the address and I said, yes. Now I'm three miles where we were living at that time, it was three miles south of Kinosa, Texas. And uh, she goes, I will notify Fort Stockton Fire Department. We are three miles from Kynosa that has a volunteer fire department. She's going to contact Fort Stockton that is 30 miles away. And I was like, you contact them, but by the time they get here, this place will be burned down. And so she said, okay. And so she said, uh, she said that she would call Kynosa. And so anyway, a buddy of mine was on the Kynosa Volunteer Fire Department and I called him just to be sure, and he goes, okay, I'll, I'll gather some stuff up, and, and we'll be on our way. So I went back outside, and the fire is, it's not heading towards the house, but it's heading towards our barn. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to, you know, the whole barn's going to burn down. And my brother's out there, you know, shoveling dirt and trying to stomp out fire and everything, and I go out there, and I help him, and you know, this was way before my asthma was under control. And so I'm working and it's hot and it's dusty and I'm breathing smoke and I've got asthma. And I was just like, this isn't going to work. I'd called 911 twice. I'd even called a friend. But this time, I did what I should have done the very first thing. I called out to God. And I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was something like, God, will you please help us? And about that time, about that time where the wind had been blowing that fire right towards the barn, the wind shifted just ever so slightly. It didn't come out of the other direction or anything, but the wind shifted just a little bit and started sending it parallel with the barn. I was thinking about that whenever I was reading Isaiah chapter 33 because we're in the second part of a three-part series called Firewalkers. And uh, Israel, or Judah really, I say Israel, but it's Judah because it the kingdom is split. But the Assyrians are the biggest and baddest people on the planet right now. And Assyria is coming to invade Jerusalem. And so they... Uh, Judah and Jerusalem knows that the Assyrians are coming. And so they dial 911 and they call Egypt. And they're like, hey, can you come help us? And Egypt's like, what do we get out of this? They said, what do you want? They said, we want gold and silver and everything to come help you. They're like, fine. So they sent them all gold and silver. And Egypt was like, never mind. And just left them high and dry. So they called out to the Assyrians. The Assyrians get there and they're like, hey, what are you doing? you know, uh, why, are, why are you doing this? And uh, they said, if we pay you off, will you leave us alone? They said, well, what do you got? They said, we got gold and silver. But they had given all their gold and silver to Egypt, but they still had gold and silver left in the temple. They stripped all of the gold off the temple doors. They raided God's temple, took all of the stuff and gave it to the Assyrians, and the Assyrians are like, okay, we appreciate that, but guess what? They didn't go anywhere. They didn't go anywhere. They dialed 911, and Egypt didn't answer. They took all the treasure out of the temple to try to pay off the Assyrians, 
and got double-crossed. Now, we find Judah, we find Jerusalem, we find God's people finally crying out to God for help, which should have happened in the first place. Starting in verse 7, and, and, and I'm not going to read these verses or anything, I, I'm just going to give you some of the imagery that Isaiah uses to describe uh, what Judah, or Israel, I mean it's nearly the same thing, but what they're going through. In verse 7 of Isaiah 33, the New Living Translation uses the words, the brave warriors cry in public. In verse 8, it says the roads are deserted. In verse 9, it says the land wilts with mourning, withers with shame, is now a wilderness, and it has been plundered. That, that is a vast, stark imagery of what is going on in Judah at the moment. They are walking through the refiner's fire. They've asked Egypt for help. Egypt double-crosses them. They try to pay off the Assyrians. The Assyrians double-cross them. And now they've cried out to God. And the question is, as they're walking through the fire, will God help them? Will God help them? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. See, God has waited for us just like he waited on them. God waits on us to cry out to him. He waits for us to cry out to him. When we feel defeated, when we feel downcast, when we feel disgraced, broken, and disappointed in ourselves, God doesn't cause these things, but he answers the call of those that are broken. And in Isaiah 33.10, after we've been through the imagery of verse 7 saying that the brave warriors cry in public, of verse 8 that roads are deserted, of verse 9 that the land wilts with mourning, withers with shame, and is now a wilderness and has been plundered, they cry out to God in their brokenness, their defeat, their downcast, disgraced, broken. And then God answers in Isaiah chapter 33, verse 10. And you want to you, you talk about maybe a verse that you should memorize, that would maybe we should all memorize, is this one right here. Verse 10, Isaiah 33. But the Lord says, now I will stand up. Now I will show my power and might. I mean, have you ever... There, there's, a, there's one word that is used two different times in there that is so powerful, and it's a little three-letter word that speaks volumes. Let me read it again. See if you can find the little three-letter word that just summarizes everything of what God does. But the Lord says, now I will stand up. Now I will show my power and might. See, God had been waiting on Judah's brokenness. He's been waiting for them. He knew what they were going through. He could see everything. He knew what they were going through. But he had to wait for them to cry out to him. And he says, now 
I will stand up. Now I will show my power and might. Not Egypt's power and might. Not, and, and yeah, the Assyrians could whip everybody on the planet at the time, but they're not bigger than God. And God says, now I will come to your rescue. Now I will stand up. Now I will show my power and might. See, God has been waiting on our brokenness, not to punish us, but to prepare us for now. To prepare us for now. God says, now I will stand up. Have you felt defeated? Can you identify with Judah? Have you felt defeated, downcast, disgraced, broken, disappointed in yourself, disappointed in others? Now God stands up to come to Judah's rescue. Now God stands up to come to our rescue. It's not our situation that needs to be changed. It's our heart. You know, God could have stepped in any time. He could have kept the Assyrians from coming. But, but Judah had turned away from, from God. I mean, they were willing to put all of their faith in Egypt and, and, and put faith in, in money that, that they could pay off so that they could get out of a jam. But finally, they cry out to God, and God says, Now I will stand up. Now I will show my power and might. It's not our situation that needs changed. It's our heart. It's our heart. In Psalm 51, 17, um, this is kind of a paraphrase of what it says, but Psalm 51, 17 says, a broken and contrite heart, a broken and contrite heart, God will not despise. He will never turn away. Even if we have turned away, even if we have run off before, even if we have done other things and worshipped other things, when we come back to God, when God is the only thing that we have left, then we cry out to him and the Bible promises a broken and contrite heart he will not despise. I mean, does any of this sound like something that you're going through or you have been through in the past? You know, brave warriors cry in public. Roads are deserted, the land wilts with mourning, withers with shame, and is now a wilderness that has been plundered. Are you walking through the refiner's fire? I know I am. A broken and contrite heart, he will not despise. Now I will stand up. Now I will show my power and might. It's not money. It will heal us. It's not a new job. It's not a new town, a better economy, a new house, a new horse, a new hobby. Only God can heal us. Only God can heal us. And you know, this came to me this morning. God cannot heal a heart that is not broken. God cannot heal a heart that is not broken. He won't save the self-righteous, but he will save a broken sinner. He will show his power and he will show his might and nothing can stand against it. Where are you, what are we all putting our faith in? 
Are we putting our faith in this time of uncertainty, in economies, in, in uh, supporting men? Or you know, are, are, are we putting our, our, our faith and hope in a government? Are we, are we, what are we putting our faith and hope in? Why don't we, instead of waiting till last to cry out to God to heal us, why don't we do that from the very start? He, will, he can't heal a heart that is not broken. He won't save the self-righteous, but he will save a broken sinner. He will show his power and might. Nothing can stand against it. I mean, even Jesus talks about this. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 12 and 13, it says, Jesus says, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. And then in verse 13, the second part of 13, he says, For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. He's waiting for all of us to cry out to him. Yeah, the fire is burning, and I'm not talking about hell. I'm talking about the refiner's fire that he uses to purify us. What are you waiting on? That's the question today. What are you waiting on? I know that many people in this time of uncertainty have been feeling defeated, downcast, disgraced, broken, disappointed in ourselves, maybe disappointed in others. But when you walk through the refiner's fire, Will you be the gold that comes out pure? Or will you be the impurity that is burned away? Walking through fire. God doesn't cause bad things to happen to us. But God is always waiting on us to cry out to him. When our hearts are broken and when everything just seems like it's just falling apart and not, nothing is going right, man, have we hit our knees and cried out to him and said, God, I can't do this, but I know you can. He's waiting on that right now because God will not, a broken and contrite heart, he will not despise. When you walk through the refiner's fire, will you be the gold that comes out pure or the impurities that will be burned away choose wisely come back to God and experience his power and his might that he's just waiting to unleash on your life my dad halfway through my high school uh, my high school career my dad got a job on the Rocker Big Ranch and we were living out there and one night about 11 o'clock, we, we got a call on the phone and, and just to show you that how long ago this was, uh, we, had a, we had a party line. <laughs> I mean, and, and I'm only 23, right? So, I mean, this is a long time ago. <laughs> I don't, I think, was it two? I don't remember what ours was. But anyway, so our, our, our deal rang, and my dad answered it. And, of course, I'm in bed. It's like 11 o'clock at night or something. And he, he kinda, he's like, okay. So he hangs up the phone. He goes in there. He's like, get up. I was like, 
Why? He goes, we got a fire. I was like, okay. Now, I, I mean, I'm in high school and I, I'll be honest, I hadn't fought a lot of fires in, in, in my life. And so anyway, I got dressed. And I was kind of nervous. I was like, what are we going to do? He's like, we got to grab some shovels and some hose and, you know, anything that we can think of to build these, you know, to try to keep it from spreading and put stuff out. And, you know, and it was about 30 minute drive over there. So we pile everything in and dad goes tearing out across the pasture and everything. And so we get out there and, and the, I don't want to say that the fire isn't big, but there's not, there's not a lot of grass. Uh, whenever I took Ty down to Texas, <laughs> we were going to look at a ranch, and I was like, what do you think about this ranch? He goes, what do you think about grass? <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it's just like, you know, there's not much to burn out there, but there's a lot of space to burn, a lot of brush. And so we're at, you know, some of the cowboys were already there. They had called the fire department, and uh, I was pumped and uh it was the middle of the night, and I'm out there, and I'm kind of watching the other cowboys to see how they do things, and, you know, we're throwing dirt on stuff and stomping out uh, fire, and I, I was actually kind of like, it was exciting, you know, because, I mean, it's in the middle of the night, and there's fire everywhere, and it was kind of crazy. I was loving it until I looked up, and I was surrounded by flames. But it wasn't the flames that scared me all the way back to sitting in the truck. I am not necessarily proud to say that I ran off and sat in the truck. It wasn't the flames that scared me all the way back to sitting in the truck. It was something that I stepped on out in the pasture. It scared me so bad that I put my shovel down right where it was and I gave it up and went and sat in the truck. <laughs> and you got two guesses what's coming next. That's right. Come back next week and I will tell you what it was that I stepped on, what sent me running back to the truck scared, and we will finish the third part of the series called Firewalkers. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we offer our brokenness to you and you grant us forgiveness. We offer our pain and you protect us. We call and you answer, not with a little help, but with all of your might and glory. God, I have said so many times this week that the future heaven better be worth the current pain but I don't care about that now because I know the same God that will be in heaven in the future is here right now living inside of me living inside of all of these people that make this ministry possible and all of those people that are watching and have broken and contrite hearts that need you so bad we don't have to wait for heaven to live with God. And you know what? That's all any of us need. And it's in Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen.
Hey, thanks for joining us for another clinic. Before you ride off, we have a special gift for you. Save the Cowboy has a brand new app available for iPhones and Android smartphones and tablets. You never have to miss another message, and we've thrown even more stuff in. There's a Bible, our full unedited clinics, Cowboy devotionals, videos. You can even order our books or call and talk to me. That's a ton of stuff that will keep you riding right beside the Lord for years to come. Please download it by searching your app store for Save the Cowboy, and don't forget to lend us a hand if God has blessed you and you like what we're doing. Just text Save the Cowboy to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. For Save the Cowboy, I'm Kevin Weatherby. Stay out of the wire. Have you ever dreamed of being a cowboy? Do you long to ride for the brand? If you're one of those rare individuals, then we at Save the Cowboy have something just for you. We believe that you are capable of more than you ever imagined. We are offering you the chance to ride for the Lord and save the Cowboys Long X Ranch. We can show you how to be stronger, go further, and ride harder than you ever thought possible. And you know what? We just happen to have a spot for a cowboy. You ready to saddle up? A Long X Ranch cowboy is a person wanting to take their relationship with God to the next level. Our cowboys strive to live a life worthy of their calling and help save the cowboy gather the lost and bring back those that have strayed away. Are you ready to take the outside? If so, go to SaveTheCowboy.com and sign up today. We'll be waiting on you.